Hi there, and welcome to the Team Huddle Podcast. This is the show for professionals who want to explore leadership with their team. It doesn't matter what your job title is, huddles work because people come together, supporting each other, sharing ideas, insights, advice, and then making changes to how things are done, not just what is done. I'm Colin Moby, and along with Tasha Thor Stratton, we created this space for leaders and team members who want to become experts in helping their team become braver at seeing and dealing with the challenges they face. Each of these shows was originally recorded as a live video on LinkedIn, but we've repurposed them so you can get hold of all the good stuff easily as these podcasts. During the shows, you'll hear us chatting, often with other fellow leadership experts, about how to put into practice ideas and actions that actually work and make a difference. We want to see teams come together to develop a deeper team spirit and to get more done in a safer and healthier way. Now in today's show, we dive right into one of the most contentious topics in any organization, how to talk about performance. We open up the conversation. We of course cover the traditional performance review type approaches many organizations adopt, where the performance is kind of constrained to the boss employee dynamic. But we also get into how your whole team can step up and care about each other enough to develop confidence and performance together. We also get into something that really winds me up, terms like rock stars and A-list players, and how these actually degrade performance of everyone. And as always, there's practical insight into how to move forward and have actual conversations with your team. Let's get going. Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's 10, 10 and 1. I'm a minute late today. Um, the My second born uh, got a new PC at the weekend for schoolwork. Um, and uh, he never my, micro, my, my microphone. Um, what turns out for Twitch or Discord or whatever he was trying to use it for to see if he would sound better, but he didn't tell me. So I've been trying to plug with that darn thing in this morning. Anyway, enough of my problems. Um, morning, everybody. Um, welcome to the team huddle. Just me, you'll have the observant amongst you will have noticed. Um, Tasha's uh, out on an important, uh, doing some important stuff. So my thoughts are with you, my friend. Um, we're going to talk today, or I'm going to talk today about performance in the team and not just a traditional sort of performance from a, from a leader perspective, but how the whole team can get involved in, in performance management, performance responsibility, improving performance, not just of themselves, but hopefully the whole team, because it is traditionally seen as something a, a manager is responsible for. Um, but what if it wasn't? What if the whole team took responsibility for their for their own and each other's performance? What, what would that look like? Would it look like the team was smashing it? You know, imagine, imagine everybody in the team getting the perspectives of multiple people that you respect, that, that you can learn from, that can give you insight in ways you've never even considered before from their, their own vast experiences. Would it look like somewhere that was really connected where people would be growing, not just professionally, but I can guarantee you they would be growing personally as well, being better parents, better partners, better carers, better sports coaches outside of work, better volunteers, better, better dungeon masters, better clan members in online games, um, and maybe even growing spiritually as well. Um, it would look like somewhere that people trust each other. Um, I could probably do a whole LinkedIn series or video series on trust, um, but it is at the heart of becoming brave enough to talk about job performance as a team. Um, if you don't trust each other, if you don't trust that people are coming from a place of openness, of curiosity, of kindness, then this type of embracing, this type of mindset isn't going to work. Um, 
why why these things don't work is because well trust if you notice with trust how when you're not in the office trust is talked about very differently um i talk about it to my kids you say we say things like trust has to be earned you've kind of got it in your head that you will give your trust to somebody at a certain point and that certain point is completely and utterly up to you it's not up to them it's not up to the child in, in a parent-child situation. It's not up to the child to say, tick this box, you now trust me, give me my phone, give me this, give me, allow me to go out late, whatever it is. Every individual parent's threshold for trust is different because of their own experiences, their own situation, their own thoughts. So somebody has to earn that trust and trust is a gift you give to them. Yet as soon as we get in the office, as soon as we get in a corporate world, a business world, trust, we talk about trust differently. We talk about it as though it's something that is built, something that is created. We must build trust in this organization. How do you do that? It's, it's that mindset of if we do X, Y, Z, then they will trust us. And actually, it disrespects the fact that people have got different trust thresholds. Once you kind of click to that and you simply go, you know what, I'm just going to do the stuff that's right. And then people will trust at their own pace, at their own point when it's important to them. Then actually you become, ironically, you become more trustworthy. And that is at the heart of a team being brave enough to talk about job performance is actually, you know what? I recognize that some people are going to be uncomfortable with this at different times in different ways. And that just needs to be, we just need to practice stuff. We just need to open, openly acknowledge that and get on with it. Um, so trust is important. That's it's a key part. Just doing things that are right. Not trying to build trust, but just trying, just doing things that are right. The other thing I talk about um, with teams is practicing defaulting to a a mindset of open curiosity. Normally, you'll talk about default to open, so that you know, be more vulnerable, me, be more transparent. All good, but it's kind of hard to grasp what that means. I like the idea of open curiosity, where you know, starting to default to the position that it's okay to ask someone why someone's doing something because they're curious, because you're curious. It's okay to ask when something might be done because they're curious. It's okay to reply to those questions. I don't know. What do you think? Because you're curious about what they think. This idea of open curiosity is a key way of starting to break down some of those um, reasons people aren't brave enough is don't assume that people want to check up on you, that people are doing it for their benefit, that people are doing it for some weird reason. Default to open curiosity. They're just curious. Maybe they want to learn something. Maybe they think that it can't be done that quick or it will take longer. And they're curious as to why. They tried it in the past. Don't make assumptions. Don't meet expectations. Start thinking about it. Start defaulting to a, a curious, an open and curious mindset. Trust me, magic will happen when you start doing that. Um, so that's kind of how we start to, you know, just look at being brave enough. There is a whole depth there in terms of if you're not brave enough to talk about your performance or to be curious about other people's performance, there'll be a lot of other stuff going on. But if you start with um, looking at how you can, who you should give your trust to, how you can just do things that will help you trust yourself, will help others trust you and not worry about when they trust you. Um, and just look at curiosity, then you will start to move in the right direction. One of the, I want to talk a bit now about mutual self-interest. I'll just let that phrase sit with you for a second. Um, mutual self-interest. We get this concept at the broadest levels, particularly in organizations. Most companies offer um, paid holidays. They offer paid sick leave. 
they'll promote people leaving the vacancy behind. They do things um, that are in the mutual self-interest or in the interest of an individual, but they're also in the mutual self-interest of the organization. We get this kind of thing um, as a concept. And I love the idea that teams can take this further. And a really good place to start, as you know, hopefully you'll grasp by now from this, this live, is, is job performance. This kind of being invested in other people's performance as well as your own will help your own performance. Not this, that's the job, you know, that's up to the boss to deal with everybody else's performance. That kind of mindset restricts your development of opportunities. It restricts your growth. It restricts your ability to do a good job. So by taking an interest in other people's performance, a genuine interest, in other people's performance will help your performance as well. Um, I'll let that sit with you for a second because there's some questions coming in. Um, Mr. Rabel, good morning. Um, yeah, so often asking when will that be done is taken as a challenge or criticism. Yeah, so going back to that open curiosity. So phrasing it, when will that be done versus, um, you know, how's that going? You know, when, when might that be done? There's different ways to phrase it and tone and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, just step beyond that tone, you know, it says more about the individual asking it than it does about the person responding to it. Underneath it, they just want to know when something's going to be done and work on the assumption that that comes from a place of curiosity. The tone might give you clues that it's coming from somewhere else. But again, you're making assumptions there. It's that kind of, it's not a challenge. You can always say, uh, the, the way things are going, maybe a week. Why, why are you curious about it? Just, just ask. Um, but don't ask, why do you want to know? Ask, why are you curious about it? And, you know, this, it all feeds in on itself. When you start practicing it, when you start doing it with others and you start noticing the responses you get, you'll notice that there's a time to ask, you know, first thing in the morning, people coming in, banging them out, banging out loads of questions when you're maybe on their mind, all they've got is I've got to answer emails, I've got to crack on, I've got to get going because otherwise this thing's going to be late. Um, preface a lot of questions with uh, got a couple of questions about what you're up to um, is now a good time um, again it's down to recognizing how would you like to be asked where are your boundaries in terms of um, when you want to be asked how you want to be asked all that kind of stuff and start with those boundaries um, as uh, benchmarks for how you engage other people but yes it is absolutely taken as a challenge again that's why it's about defaulting it's about taking a breath and saying, God, that sounded like a challenge, but no, it's <sighs> just being curious. Okay. Uh, it should be done in about a week. What's up? Why are you asking? You know, just that breath. Um, it's, a, a underused. I mean, you'll know this, I know Simon, in terms of presenting and all the great work you do, just breathing is an amazing way to break a, a it's a pat, an amazing pattern interrupt in terms of, Oh, they're challenging me. <sighs> Maybe they're not challenging me. Maybe I don't know why they're asking. Maybe I'll ask why they're asking. Just giving you that that moment to, to rethink how you, you respond to it. Right, so where was I? Um, so yeah, um, mutual self-interest and taking it further in a team. Um, the teams I've worked with do it quite often when we start working together, they're doing this informally, but uh, very little substance from a performance perspective. They'll do a lot of you know immediate feedback. Good job, you know, nicely done. Um, those kind of more, celebratory performance moments. Um, I remember sitting in one team, um, this was back when I worked corporate, and they were quite often saying, oh my word, this is a great line of code you've written here. Um, but they wouldn't tell them which line of code, they just kind of, you know, that kind of 
celebration, that kind of recognition element was there, but it wasn't quite, it, quite often it wasn't specific. So we need to get in, same with any kind of feedback, any kind of opportunity to improve, we need to get into reality. We need to get substantive, qualitative, constructive detail into there. Um, but there are, there are kind of three levels that I see this in, in most organizations. There's kind of, it, it happens at what most, there, I'll speak, let me take a drink. In most organizations, particularly the big ones, they tend to just adopt the boss level. It's just the boss that does the feedback. Um, it's usually where most people start. It's usually doesn't help. It's not necessarily the teams people want to work in, um, but it's kind of the expected minimum that the boss will collect feedback. And it's usually done in a uh, end of year review, those types of things. Um, a good example of where this doesn't work, why this doesn't work. One of my first, well, not one of my, my actual first leadership roles where I had the job title of team leader many, many moons ago, um, I still had no hair was doing the end of year reviews and most of them had gone fine. Most of them were all good. Um, there was one chap came in and this chap was at the time what I considered a steady member of the team. He, he came in, did his work, did a good job, job done. And that was kind of how this, you know, this review was going to go. It was kind of, yeah, doing a good job. What, it, what else is it you want to do? It was, it was, I was more going to ask questions. Um, yeah, he came in and he, smashed me with the amount of work he'd been doing, the extra stuff he'd been doing, the initiatives he kicked off that I had no idea he'd been instrumental in, that he'd completed, the support he'd provided to team members that I just hadn't seen, I hadn't heard about, nobody else had mentioned. Don't get me wrong, there was absolutely feedback for him in terms of finding ways to raise the awareness of what he was doing. But actually, I sat there flabbergasted that I'd missed all this amazing stuff he was doing and you know they've been in the role a few months not an excuse but i'd spent my attention was on the people who were who were noisier who were looking for support who were asking for support who, who were more visibly needing of support or more visibly doing the good stuff it was an absolute blinding lesson for me in those first first few months of there's only so much i can see um and actually you know need to start bringing in the perspectives of everybody else as does you know the Individuals need to blow their trumpet more. It's something we work on a lot with individuals. Um, but actually, at the boss level, the boss can only see so much. And that's where a lot of the frustration comes from with team members of, I'm having to defend my case. I'm having to justify what a good job I've done because they see a sliver of what I've done. The next level up is the team to boss level, where the boss tends to do the feedback, um, but collects feedback from other um, either team members, stakeholders all around the, around the place. Um, this is the usual message that I see. Most organizations have matured to this level. Um, it still tends to only be done at set times of the year, the infamous yearly performance reviews. Um, quite often the feedback is anonymous, um, as though you know, the individuals need to be protected to be able to say the truth. Um, it's a definite step up from the boss level, but it still has issues. Um, I remember reading that Microsoft had to ban the word feedback a few years ago because of all the negative connotations because it had a broken performance review process people were providing feedback but it wasn't constructive it wasn't useful it was being taken as a challenge the whole culture just around feedback was wrong they were at the team to boss level but just they started knee jerking and dealing with symptoms such as banning the word feedback rather than looking at the root causes so this is a better level but it's still pre 
can create frustration. It can still create, it's still papering over the cracks of why can't people stand up and say what they think? Why can't people contribute to the development of the team? What's going on that's stopping that or making that a challenge rather than something that's welcome? So the next level, the best level, um, is the team is one level where feedback about performance is integrated into the way the team works. And that's important to note. This isn't about just throwing, you know, feedback out in the middle of a, a stand-up or in the middle of a retrospective. If it's not, you know, part of the conversation, not throwing it up in a lunchtime, um, not blurting it out willy-nilly. There's a time for that kind of pull somebody aside and say, oh, I just wanted to say that what I just saw you do was amazing and brilliant. And the way you did this was awesome and blah, blah, blah. That's cool. But checking in with somebody to make sure now's a good time and checking in um, with yourself to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, they're important. But the bulk of constructive feedback needs to be integrated into the way the team works. So maybe it is part of your retrospectives. Maybe it is a, a separate session. Um, maybe um, I've worked with teams where every Wednesday morning they would spin their chairs around in the bay. Um, this was pre-lockdown. Um, when they were all in the office, they would spin their chairs around and they would deconstruct how they were doing as a team in that kind of social environment. Um, we help um, teams introduce a team spirit sprint approach, which encapsulates this sort of thing. So there are all sorts of different ways you can do it, but the important bit is to integrate it and then iterate it as you do it. So once you get that, how do you actually do it? Um, you you practice it. Um, you know, like I said about my first not so hot perf uh, performance review, um, I had, as a result of that, I had to go practice new skills. I had to make a conscious effort to be more present in the team so I could see things that were going on. I had to ask more questions during the day, during the week to get a feel for what was going on. We implemented stand-ups. I mean, this was 20, yeah, show me age. This was probably 23, 24 years ago. Um, so, you know, introducing them, probably not that long, probably around 20 years ago. So introducing agile um, um, practices that encourage conversation, that encourage discussion. Um, I had to stop doing certain things and I had to start um, doing certain things. And the team members did the same. Did, did the same. Um, there are, of course, there are, of course, processes, methodologies, techniques you can use. Um, one of my faves, I call it the preemptive strike, but um, I think it's officially known as the triad feedback method um, where you use three powerful questions um, or I've, I've adopted three powerful questions. What's the challenge? you're facing right right now how do you feel about it and what do you need three really powerful questions but the structure of asking those um, is done in a way that encourages open curiosity um, so going back to that example I talked about where the team members spun their chairs around in the bay um, somebody would answer those three questions um, they use this method somebody would answer those three questions and then they would spin their chair around and face outwards from the team the rest of the team would then spend three, four minutes discussing the challenges, what they thought, you know, what they thought about what they needed, how they could help, any suggestions, ideas, providing advice um, without the raisers, without the person who'd answered those questions inputting. They didn't take part in that part of the discussion. They faced out and they just listened. Then once they'd finished after four, four or so minutes, they would turn around and they would share what they found most valuable from listening to the rest of the team discuss it um that kind of they tried it when the, the the person who asked the question stayed facing the team it kind of you can spot 
body language you can spot facial ooh, you can spot mm. um and it just kind of sways it just adds an element of bias into the way the team are discussing so just having them spin around just to start with i think eventually um uh, you don't have to do it for always but it's, it's a useful technique to use but powerful questions combined with this kind of disassociating yourself from responding to the individual in that moment and just providing more open feedback then they come then they share what they thought about that feedback and what they found really valuable it's a really good way to bring um an intimate team discussion um when you're not used to doing it um yes i would you know, recommend just carving out half an hour in your team meeting um or create something sp specific for it but do it regularly do it at least at least once a month ideally weekly um but i'd recommend doing it at least once a month other things um stop start continue kind of hinted at that before um discuss what you see what you think are things other team members need to start stop and continue doing it's a more advanced one because it has a potential to involve judgment but it does but by focusing on behaviors what you want people to start doing stop doing or continue doing it cuts through attitudes and assumptions so you know not stop being an idiot but can you you know it'd be useful if you stopped interrupting me um in in the morning um because i'm cracking on my work could you start uh you know could you start to talk to me in the afternoon could you stop um, interrupting me in the morning because that's when i do my best work a lot of the time those things are linked and i would always recommend you do it in that order start stop continue because it leads you in if you start with stop it tends to come up as a challenge um, but if you start, if you start with start, it's something new. It's something um, you're offering, and again, respond to it with open curiosity. Oh, why, why that thing did you pick for you'd like me to start doing? Um, so yeah, wrap that up. Um, so there are so many ways you can approach practicing talking about job performance in the team. It is not something that is down to just the leader, the boss of the team. Um, we need to move away from that idea that. Um, one person contains all the best feedback for you, um, for you to grow as a professionally, personally, and spiritually. The whole team can contribute to that. The whole team can contribute to each other developing new skills, stopping the skills that aren't really helping them, or changing their direction, or growing in ways you've not even considered before. If you can master that, if you can start to practice some of those elements, as a team, your performance will grow. You will start to do things quicker. You will start to do things to a higher quality. It doesn't mean that challenges don't come up. It doesn't mean that you don't have misunderstandings. But again, the, the willingness to discuss those um, means you're creating a forum that you are willing to discuss those things. It does not mean that you will have no disagreements. In fact, it will air more disagreements. And they're good. Because if again, if they come from an open and curious perspective, it's about actually there's something here that's 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 stopping us connecting if we can figure out what that is to start with that's a step towards connecting strongly doesn't mean we have to fix it doesn't mean we have to um address it there and then but it means we can start to understand that we can start to air it and then we can start to decide whether we want to do things about it so yeah job performance it's it is a team um topic it is not there for a one-on-one -on -one, just for a one-on-one -on -one. um Go practice it. I'd love to know how you get on with uh, discussing team performance. Um, have fun. Um, hopefully that was interesting. Um, I think we're done. 25 minutes. I can't think of anything else that I've missed. If uh, you've got any questions, fire them up. But in the meantime, have a great week. We'll be back next Wednesday, I think, at 10 o'clock. 
um, any topics you want to discuss this topic in our conversation um, with somebody earlier in the week. So please fire them over. If there's things you would like us to talk about that might help your team, let us know. In the meantime, have a great Wednesday. Take care. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that from today's conversation, you heard how important it is for you and your team to have more conversations and understand each other more. Please head over to LinkedIn to join Tasha and I in more conversations like this and head over to colinmovie.com forward slash sprint to spirit. That's the word sprint, the number two in the word spirit, where you can join a community of professionals who want to help their teams develop a team spirit you can all benefit from and that really matters. Speak soon.